Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Sometimes it feels like we have come so far as mothers and women, and at others it feels like just inches. While we're no longer expected to throw our job in when we get married, the progress of a career can be severely impacted by motherhood. How does society define motherhood, and more importantly, how do we define ourselves? This Sunday, Rebecca Huntley, writer, broadcaster, and one of Australia's foremost social researchers, will be tackling some of these questions in the motherload at the Opera House. She is also a mum of three, so therefore highly qualified to talk about this topic. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, how are you? Um, Would you agree that the idea of motherhood has changed since our mothers were raising us? I think it has in some ways and in other ways it's stalled. So when I talk to the mothers in my research and have done over the last 15 years, one of the things they'll say is, look, there's there's the freedom to do a whole lot of extra stuff, to take on a whole lot of extra stuff, to perhaps look different. You don't necessarily, you can still kind of... Um, look sexy, you know, as a as a older mother and you can still continue to, to do your job. But you haven't necessarily let go of a lot of stuff. So you've taken on more baggage, but you're still taking a whole lot of stuff on. I remember very early on in my research career, um, going through some of the older research that had been done by my predecessor. And I was looking in the 1980s and reports on mothers. And, and one woman said, Um, I feel okay going back to work because every week I still bake my family a cake. And as long as I'm I'm baking them a cake and (laughs) continuing to keep the house as if I wasn't working, then I feel okay about working. Now, even though I don't necessarily see that sentiment, I see residual effects of that. This kind of whole idea of, well, if I'm continuing to seem as if I'm baking the cake, you know, baking the cakes for the cake, um, you know, the cake stall at school and have the perfect book week outfit, <laughs> all of those <laughs> kinds of things, and still do the presentation, then it's okay. And I think that that can, you know, if you talk about being overwhelmed, I think that can often be very difficult. And I think that women judge themselves by how they're doing those kinds of things in a way that that often fathers don't. Like fathers may not even be aware of the bake sale. They'd be quite happy to bake a very bad cake. And indeed, everybody will applaud them as if they've created some kind of <laughs> nuclear reactor. Oh, my God, I can't believe that you've baked this cake. You know, so, so men get a lot more... Um, affirmation, I think, more broadly from women and men for just doing the kinds of things that we put pressure on ourselves to do every day. Also, I think um, we put this pressure on ourselves, but it seems like if you look around at some of the topics that deals with motherhood, like whether you're working, stay at home, whether you breastfeed, bottle feed, all that sort of stuff, um, even though I wouldn't be able to define what motherhood is, it seems like there are lots of different ways people are judging mothers. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, of course, more choices means that your choices signify something. So this idea that you would actively choose to stop breastfeeding or continue to breastfeed about when you decide to put your child into early learning, about what kind of how you decide to dress as a mother, whether you decide to have a C-section or not, as if sometimes as if that's 
completely in your in your um, you know control. So I think that's right, and I think that that's why we've seen um, the explosion of information about mothers, and some of that's been fantastic. Um, people tend to focus on the negativity of, you know, the Instagram, the perfect-looking Instagram mums. But I think it's a there's a bit of a balance. There's both fantastic um, camaraderie and supported advice online and through the media for for mums, as well as you know, judgment. <laughs> so it's like one big mother's group with your best friends and your ne- and your frenemies in it. Really, sometimes when you're you're out there in in you know motherhood advice land. And um, that, I suppose that leads back to as well what you're saying about how we define ourselves and the expectations we put on ourselves. If I think about the way um, I was raised, I, I can't help thinking back to that comment you made about um, the mother in the '80s who said, "As long as I'm baking the cake every weekend." It's okay that I work. And it just struck a chord with me when you said that because I thought, actually, I think that's what my mum did. Like My mum always worked. Um, she was a high school teacher, so she was often working and then at home working. And she did always bake. I mean, she still does. And um, I think in some ways when I look at her and then I look at what I'm doing, I'm like, how the hell did you do that? Like, I can't keep up. And if, and they were so stoic about it. I never heard my mum complain, whereas I seem to complain all the time. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's good and bad things about it. I mean, I'm very sensitive, particularly in the workplace, about complaining a bit too much about <laughs> yes. balancing work and family because I, I do have I have a family and I have a really a job that I love. So it's how, sometimes it seems a bit... Um, you know, churlish. And I also don't want to send a message to younger women that that balance is impossible. That balance is is hard for some people and the less resources you have and the less support you have and the more challenging your children are for whatever reason then the harder it can be. So I think that, again, there's a double-edged sword with the complaining. I think one of the things that when I talk to my mother and um, very briefly to my grandmother about it is that they often, while they had support from a larger family, they didn't always feel like they had the permission to complain because this was like, well, what other option do you have? And in fact, that could have led to extraordinary isolation, depression, and in the end, resentment. I don't think it makes it better. I think that one of the great things is that we can get together and and complain about these kinds of things um, and then hopefully do what we can to kind of make those changes or just let off a bit of steam over some Chardonnay. That's not a bad, that's not a bad thing, Yvonne. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think that that sto- there's a time for stoicism and there's a time for letting off steam. <laughs> Which is every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Rebecca Huntley. She's a writer, speaker and broadcaster and one of Australia's foremost social researchers. We're talking about mother, modern motherhood because that's what she's going to be speaking about this Sunday at the Sydney Opera House. The panel is called The Motherload. Um, tell me who else is joining you on this panel because it's quite an interesting mix of yeah, women. Yeah, it's fantastic. So Clementine Ford, who um, some listeners would know, is a well-known writer, feminist writer and, um, uh, you know, a, you know, target for the, some of the worst possible trolling that we've ever had in Australia, <laughs> yes. um, which she's very stoic about, but um, also kind of fights back, which I quite like. And she had a, a son probably about 18 months ago. I know she was interviewed on the yes, show. Yes, we, um, we interviewed her when she was waiting for a six-week vaccination. Oh, was she yes. really? All right. So she's talking about it and, and um, she's always got a fantastic perspective on things and a really... Um, important and provocative position on things. And the other person who I'm a huge fan of 
is a children's book writer, poet, extremely well-known um, Australian Afro-Caribbean writer called Maxine Beneba-Clark. And she has children, but they're older. And she is fan- – if you don't follow her on Twitter, you should. She's absolutely hilarious on Twitter. Again, somebody who's been unfairly trolled in Australia. So I suppose that all three of us will give a slightly different perspective based on our background, our professional background, and also our experience with parenthood. And one of the things that you bring to the table, of course, is that you have spoken to lots of different – mothers from different backgrounds and different economic situations and all the rest of it. Um, Is there any commonalities across the different groups that you've spoken to? Yeah, it's a really good point. I think one of the commonalities is a sense of, of frustration and often a sense of how do I change things in my own personal life with the distribution of unpaid labour in the home. So while it, you know, so the, even the mo- the wealthiest possible women, woman with as much money as she can to get, you know, cleaners and all the rest of it, two women who couldn't even dream of that kind of wealth, they all talk about some of the frustrations they feel with their partner to get them to see all the all the labour that exists in the home. We're not just talking about cleaning the toilet. We're talking about the foresight to think, okay, well, there's the birthday party in 10 days or whatever. School photos. How are we going to... All those kinds of... The the admin of life and the emotional, cultural and social tasks that keep not just a family fed and clothed, but genuinely happy. And so a lot of women talk around matter about their resources, about how they can, within a relationship, when there's already children and they want the relationship to work, to bring about a more, I wouldn't say equal, but fair. It's about fairness. It's not necessarily about a ledger to say, you made the bed yesterday and I'm going to make the bed today. And women hate being called nags. That, that's the thing that they hate the most. They hate fighting about it. And so they're always, there's this sense of powerlessness. How do I make that happen? And how do I, because most of us want, don't want a house full of screaming and fighting about dirty dishes. So how do we do that? And that's the biggest, that's the most common complaint across all groups. And the thing that interests me is when you talk to older women, I'm talking about women, not my age, or I feel pretty old today, um, <laughs> in their 60s and 70s, and they look back on their relationships and they say, it's clear that a completely unfair, unequal distribution of that kind of work takes its toll on the integrity of those relationships and that if there isn't some kind of really coming together of both partners to kind of share the emotional, social load of the family, then that can really do some damage to a marriage over time. All right, I can see what my next interview is going to need to be. <laughs> Solutions to the emotional load. Yes. <laughs> I'll be taking notes on that. Rebecca, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. That's Rebecca Huntley. She's a writer, speaker, broadcaster and social researcher. The Mother Load is happening this Sunday at the Sydney Opera House and we'll put links up on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.